This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Aw, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, feels good. Every time you hear a guest on the Blitz 1170, it's from your Oklahoma Ford dealers hotline. I'm always amazed sometimes, Matt, at the bets that are made. So I'm looking right now. This this was just posted. I'll ask you what you would do. A $25 bet. The odds on this were plus 39,100. $25 wager. They they got Australia at plus 1,300 and Saudi Arabia at plus 2,700. Okay? So if they can cash out now and walk out with almost $1,700, or you can let it ride and hope that Australia finds a way to beat France and the payout on a $25 bet is almost ten grand. What are you going to do? I'm cashing out now. You're going to cash out now? I do. I, even though Nkuku's out for France, I have no faith. Okay. I have no faith right. in, in, in Australia. All right, just checking. <laughs> I, I, I love the gambling element of that. One other thing before we get to JR, you mentioned there in the update, the Blitz breakdown involving the college football play uh, the game yeah being delayed until 2024 yes they have secured rights to the college football playoff and that's fine you know what they haven't secured rights of rose bowl name image and likeness from the players yet they got a long way to go on this yeah this is what started the whole process with ed o'bannon in the first place his buddy said hey by the way my son is playing with you in a video game and then that's what led to nil that's a long, complicated path to get there, but that's how we got there. So they do not have the name, image, and likeness yet. All right, let's hit up that Oklahoma Ford Dealers hotline and welcome in J.R. Rollo, who's joining us now here on the Blitz 1170. You might know him from the University of Tulsa basketball broadcasts and former player for TU. What's up, J.R.? How are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I apologize about my voice ahead of time. If we'd have had this conversation yesterday, you wouldn't have been able to hear me. So <laughs> baby steps, but... Recovering, uh, recovering from not only yelling on the court side of a basketball game, but uh, a little bit of the, the flu or something like that that ravaged my body. But doing pretty good, and uh, you know, had a good trip to Myrtle Beach. Well, you're not the only one that's fighting through it, my man, because uh, I've been on about a three-week campaign, right, Matt, with my voice going in and out at times. So I I feel for you there over whatever cold I had or anything else. Uh, Let's just start with just overall feel, JR, that you have for the program right now. Um, I thought that the changes that they've made from just inside the Reynolds Center to the excitement and the hype surrounding this – uh, from an energy perspective, when's the last time that you can remember just energy to start the season surrounding the program the way that we see with the 2022 version? Well, it's been a while. Uh, I'm pretty excited about what's going on over there. You know, I'm just going to start with uh, um, head to new head coach Eric Conkle and, and what he's brought in to the program, a level of excitement, you know, and uh, what Rick Dixon and crew and the president of the university have done as far as an atmosphere standpoint, it was pretty cool. The home game we had against Jackson State, you know, I didn't think – I looked up and there were indoor fireworks, which I didn't even know was possible <laughs> at the rental center. But uh, it, it's pretty exciting. Uh, everybody's, you know, on board and pulling the rope the same way. And, you know, it may not happen overnight, but Tulsa basketball is on the way back. You say that uh, as far as – kind of being patient with them. It may not happen overnight. And I've I've seen some things already that's like, 
eh, kind of a mass start. But, man, you can't have that attitude this early on into an entirely new staff that's coming in trying to put and implement what they want and what their vision of a program is. I, I don't know what my expectations were, JR, for this season in terms of wins or losses, but to me, season right. one is always more about laying the foundation. Yes, wins are nice, but we're in this for the long haul, man. I'm not in this for the immediacy of this. That's nice, and if we can add a little what whipped cream and cherry to the top of the Sunday, then so be it. But to me, it's about just getting everything lined out where we can then start to build on what expectations should be i love that that that's fabulous uh, perspective there and i agree with you 100 percent. you know i've uh there's not a bigger tulsa basketball fan than myself and you know obviously i i do the radio with tu and have been doing that now since uh for about eight years uh and i obviously don't do that for the money pop you <laughs> understand being in radio yourself yes and so i i do it to be a part of the program to give back a little bit and to be around a lot of these guys, you know, and, uh, I got three kids at college, so, uh, we've got, we're empty nesters and, you know, for us, it's just an opportunity to go be a part of something that's, that's awesome. And Tulsa basketball is one of those things that has a special place in my heart for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, and I just, you know, I, I was actually really good friends with Frank Hayes. I thought his body of work as a whole was pretty good. It's a tough league, but you know, sometimes you just need a fresh start. And Eric Conkle is a very big-time fresh start, in my opinion. He, he's a guy that's got the charisma. He's got the energy. He's got the pedigree. But at the same time, he's founded on principles that I think all of University of Tulsa fans can appreciate. And the guy is instilling it from day one. And more than anything, Pop, like, like you said, the wins and losses aren't as big a deal. But you just you can see it. You can see the culture kind of coming together and – you could just feel um, the integrity that this guy oozes, you know. And, um, man, they, they've put it together in a couple games this year, a couple more, really more, a couple halves, where you can kind of see a glimpse of the future and you're like, whoa, this is going to be something special. And you know, I'm just telling you, people that are listening, get on board with these guys now because it's coming. The train is coming. And you want, you're going to want to be on board with it, I promise you. J.R. Rollo is our guest here on the uh, Blitz 1170 via the Oklahoma Ford Dealers hotline. Uh, after after the first game at home against Jackson State, he gets in his postgame press conference, and I love this because he said, my players have a good understanding of how much this place means to me, even with his with his one year here and kind of like in a way where, where he cut his teeth, right, J.R.? So in, in, in coming back here – but that, that tells me a lot about the care um, and the effort that has been put in to even his players having an understanding. Because players, sometimes they're off in their own world. they got their own things going on. But to have a true understanding of what it means to your head coach to come back, that means he's spending an inordinate amount of time explaining to them about how special a place like this can be. That, that, that kind of hit me in a way when I first heard that, that thought, all right, I think we might be onto something here with this coach. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, at first when it, when it went down, you know, I had friends that coached on the previous staff, Chase Fields, Quanta Johnson, guys I played with. I mean, I wasn't super excited. It got me excited for obvious reasons. But I'm telling you what, I've probably met with Coach Conkle now one-on-one five or six times. I've been around him a dozen times at least. And, he, he means what he says. 
I mean, it was me and him and closed door meetings. I'm trying to help them with some other things, but they, um, he means everything. I mean, there's nothing fake about this guy. He, uh, he loves the university of Tulsa. It had an impact on him when he was here previously. And he was a part of it, uh, when they were near the top, you know, and, and he saw the rental center, the way that it used to be a black and shake from the and the kind of basketball players that came through here and he lived it and, and it made an impact on him. And I'm telling you, this is what his goal is, is to get for guys like yourself, Pop, guys like me that bleed blue. Uh, it is so refreshing to hear that this guy is all in, you know, and not only is he going to try to recruit locally the best he can, but you're going to see him in the community. Uh, he really wants to make Tulsa basketball, Tulsa's team again, the way it used to back in the heyday. JR, what have you seen on the floor so far from them? Uh, got off to a good start uh, there in, uh, in Conway in Myrtle Beach. Um, put themselves in a position I know I didn't get to catch as much Friday night as I wanted to because of the football game and getting set for that, but found a way to fight back and actually get the lead at one point. Didn't ultimately go their way. And then Sunday, not the best performance overall, but uh, what have you seen uh, from this team that excites you about the future with just their style of play? Number one, they can score. They can score the basketball. And, and the way he plays gives them the freedom. He's He's up to date with all the newest techniques and offenses that you see out there. And, you know, is Tulsa going to shoot a lot of threes? Heck yeah, they will. But they also want to get the ball up and down the court and score in transition. And, you know, what I've seen pop more than anything is just some guys that are new to their roles, kind of getting some of those first game, first start type jitters out of the way. You know, if you watch the first half against Oregon State, they showed that they're very, very capable, you know. They had those guys on the ropes for most of the game, almost beat a Pac-12 team, and, they, you know, that's the first game of the year. Uh, and then the homework against Jackson State, they had a very game Jackson State team that was here, very talented, and Tulsa just kind of rode them out. And it was a good, complete game and a good game for them to learn from. The first game at Myrtle Beach, Pop, was probably the best high-level basketball game I've seen at the University of Tulsa in a long time. The second half, they scored 55 points, and it was like music to my eyes and ears. I mean, it was unbelievable the freedom these guys were playing with. Of course, Sam Griffin turned into somebody else. I mean, I mean he might have had a uh, – I don't know what it was, but he, he turned into an absolute freak in that game, which he does from time to time. But they had 20, I think 17 in the second half, JR. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was crazy. But, but not only that, but it was other guys that were stepping up, but – you know, the, the, the one issue for Tulsa this year is they're not super deep. You know, they've got five or six good players, and they have some guys that are going to be good role players. But, you know, Konstantinovsky, the big backup for Tulsa from the Ukraine, he's injured right now, and he's out. And so they've got a new guy uh, named Selabungay from Canada, and he's really good, guys, I'm telling you. I mean, he's really good around the bucket. His hands and feet are, are about as good as you'll see. Uh, but he's just one guy, you know, and he can't play 40 minutes. And so they've been bringing in Chuku, the freshman, who is unbelievably talented. He just needs some time, and he needs some work, as a lot of freshmen do, you know, and he's not quite ready for this level of play or the speed of the game yet, but, boy, he's out there trying hard. And so I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, Sam Griffin is a possible future NBA player. 
make no mistakes about it, the way he plays and that the way the NBA game plays now, guys that can, can fill it up like that are in high demand. And so, um, you know, they've got some other really good pieces. Tim Dowger has emerged at six, seven athletes that can go inside, outside. Um, you know, of course, Anthony Pritchard uh, had a good year last year. He's kind of been up and down so far this year, but had a good game on Saturday. And, um, you know, Brandon Betson, the transfer from Chicago State, has shown that he could get his own shot and he can knock him down. And, you know, I know I'm missing a few guys. You know, the one one of the guys I need to mention that I think has been really good so far is Keyshawn Embry Simpson. Uh, it's a guy that could have checked it in. You know, he was out last second semester last year. He's worked hard to put him in a, in, himself into a position um, to contribute. And I think what I've seen more than anything is these kids love to be around each other. They believe in what the coaches are, are doing. They want to be a part of this rebrand of Tulsa basketball. Again, when I, when I said earlier, it may not happen overnight. I'm just talking about NCAA tournaments, stuff like that. I'm not counting them out of anything. Yeah. Because these dudes have shown they can play. I mean, they're going to go to Oklahoma State Friday, and if they shoot the ball and compete the way they did against Lola Chicago, they can win that game. You know, I'm not saying they're going to, but they could uh, because they have shown the ability to compete at a high level. You know, there's a lot of things that go into a basketball game, whether you win or lose. And 40 minutes is a long time, you know, and you got to stay out of tro- foul trouble and you got to stay healthy and you got to make free throws and there's all kinds of things. But, but I'm telling you, the fight of the dog right now for Tulsa basketball is big time. Guys are diving off floors. They're taking charges. The electricity throughout the bench is just it's, – it's magnetic, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's drawn me back in at a high level. And uh, I'm just excited to be a part of it, man. I mean, I'm telling you. Um, they're playing for each other, and they're going to win some games this year that they shouldn't based on that alone. Uh, Joe, Rallo, one last uh, question from me before I let your uh, voice rest there is I think yeah. one thing that I've noticed here, you, you talk about their ability to shoot the ball, and it's only going to get better. Um, yes, depth might be, a, might be a problem here in year one, but again, long term, I think the one thing that I love about this, and Coach Conkle wasn't blowing smoke when he said it, he said, I want to be able to take advantage of scoring in transition. This transition scoring opportunities, we we want guys that can push the basketball. And so far through the first handful of games, Jr., he hasn't been blowing any smoke at all about what he wants. I love that. Let's let's go. Let's Let's kick up the intensity here a little bit. And I can't wait to see how this thing continues to evolve. I agree with you 100%. I mean, uh, the brand of basketball they're playing is exciting. It's quick. Uh, they're playing primarily man-to-man defense, you know. And, you know, I might have behooved them in a couple games early this season to maybe drop it to a man to save it. But but that's not what he's about. He's, he's about building their culture and what they stand for, you know, and, and what they're all going to be about, you know. And, and I heard you mention AIL earlier, and that's something that's going to be coming soon for Tulsa. But – they didn't have NIL when they were out recruiting this fall, and that class that he he signed uh, the 65th player in the country uh, from Tennessee, you know, and he got a, a big-time three-star plus kid out of Texas, and um, and then he got a, a JUCO kid out of Pearl River. We know how the last kid out of Pearl River, Brandon Rochelle, paid out huge dividends for Tulsa. And so I thought that, I think those guys top to bottom are doing a fabulous job, and it's just coming. It's it's building. It's an exciting brand of basketball. 
they played defense at a really, really high level. I mean, they they were in a, you know, touch-and-go game with, with Loyola Chicago Thursday night. And keep in mind, they played three games in four days kind of shorthanded. That, that's difficult, you know. But Loyola Chicago won the Valley the last few years. We all know they went to the Final Four in 2018. They went to the Sweet 16 two years ago. They're moving on to the Atlantic 10, the preseason number four in that league, which is a great basketball league. You know, Tulsa's preseason number 10 in their league. They stole Loyola Chicago's will in the second half, and they did it by outplaying them. Defensively, they were all up in the passing lanes, denying everything. Loyola Chicago didn't get an open shot in the second half. It was, it was unbelievable. It was the greatest half of basketball I've seen in 20 years around the University of Tulsa. And I'm just telling you, there is a lot more of that to come. Um, it's gonna, they're going to start being able to put more and more halves together. You're going to see complete games. But more than anything, you're going to appreciate the way they play. I'm real big on legacy. I know that's kind of a lost art out there these days with kids jumping around from school to school in the portal. You know, I understand it. But I don't think you're going to see many guys wanting to leave playing for Coach Conkle. Uh, they love this guy, and they love his staff, and, and they want to be a part of something. And, and they're not playing for the name on the back of their jersey. They're playing for the name on the front of their jersey. And that gives me goosebumps. Good stuff, JR. Uh, rest the voice up, man. That way Bruce doesn't have to yell at you on Friday. Uh, and if he does, just slap him around a little bit. Sometimes he deserves that. Oh, I got to ask, by the way, uh, the scene where you guys got crashed into on Sunday, we played the audio here. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was humorous listening to Bruce essentially say, I don't even know if we're on the air, so we're just going to carry on here. But uh, that'll, <laughs> that'll happen from time to time, won't it, there courtside. You'll have someone come crashing through. I've lost a computer uh, before. <laughs> it just got shattered. Uh, and so now when they start heading our way, I always kind of get – uh, a little bit anxious, and I'll hop up, and I'm thinking, I'm going to grab this dude before he shatters my dreams here in front of me. So, but that being said, I got to give a shout out to Bruce because, I mean, they really did crash into us, and there's no way that we should have not been knocked off the air. I mean, there were tables everywhere and chairs, but here's Bruce Howard standing there, all his equipment essentially is on the ground, and he's still broadcasting. I mean, if that's not the sign of a true pro. I don't know what it is. There is no doubt. Thanks, my man. Have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll definitely do this again uh, more often, man. Appreciate you uh, jumping on with me. Thank you, guys. And tune in Friday. That should be a high-level college basketball game. Tulsa's going to go give the Pokes all they want. Thanks, JR. Appreciate it, buddy. I will see you guys. Thanks. That's uh, JR Rallo joining us here via the Oklahoma Ford Dealers hotline on the Blitz 1170. All right. Uh, it is a 154 here on the Blitz. Uh, Matt, coming up in the next segment, we'll do a little college football. And we've got a replay from uh, the morning Blitz earlier this morning when Joey Helmer jumped on to kind of go over a few things Oklahoma Sooners related. I have to bid you farewell live for now because we have to make it to a doctor's appointment. Uh, but before we do that, Matt, though, I did want to bring up a couple of things. They, okay. By the way, thanks to JR. JR is awesome. I, I love that dude. Um, this weekend is setting the stage for maybe one of the more bizarre and yet over-the-top ratings perspective from sports on TV. Have you seen some of the World Cup numbers for the large cities? I haven't. What's it looking like right now? 
dude, the lowest number that I saw was up 68%. Really? In some of the larger markets over 2018. <laughs> yeah. Like okay. New, the New York market itself was up like 164% from 2018. And I was kind of worried about how this one was going to play out. Now, we got a long way to go. But England, United States on Friday is going to destroy. I'm telling you. That's going to be a huge number. Just you wait. I'm but, just... but, but think about this, man. So this weekend, we've got Michigan, Ohio State, which is, is consistently one of the higher-rated college football games of the year. Every single year, no matter how good they are. You add number two and number three onto this at noon on Fox, buddy. I'm excited. Playoff. It's going to top the 13 million viewers that we got for Tennessee, Georgia. It's just going to. I hope so. Um, Last year, that game averaged 15.83 million viewers. I think we'll have more this year. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 16-5. If it's 16-5, that would get close to the best audience that it's ever, that it's had in the last 20 years, uh, where 2016, where it got close to 17 million. The best viewership on record for that game is 21 million back in 2006. OSU won that game 42-39 to in Columbus. So we'll have that one, right? By the way, that game has been on TV every year since 1967. Has it really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's really not that surprising. No. I like how I say has it really as if like Michigan and Ohio State haven't traditionally been powerhouses in the college football world. So they've played. Let's see here. They've played since Michigan won the inaugural meeting 34 nothing back in 1897. Wolverines lead the all time series 59, 51 and six. No game in 2020 because of the pandemic. And then uh, pre-pandemic numbers were big as well. So you've got that one. But just massive, massive, massive. Then as you mentioned, we've or as I mentioned, we've got the World Cup game that's going to be played on Friday. Um, outside of that, you've got the Iron Bowl. May not have, may not ultimately end up being what we thought it could be this year. Still will put up some really, really big numbers. And then... You've got the likes of TCU that's still trying to remain in this mix, even with Iowa State. You've got the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving evening. That's going to be great. Don't forget about the all the NFL games that you have coming up on Thursday. And then Saturday night, 7.30, ABC, USC, and Notre Dame. I'm excited for that one because I would like to rescind my previous statements about the Pac-12. That's pretty good football. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good football. It has been. I was just hating because I was. For most of the year. I was in uh, defense mode. Or I was in attack mode, rather, with the whole Tennessee thing. But The Cowboys-Giants game is going to destroy as well. That's going to own the ratings, I think. Overall, for the next. It will be a big, big number. You're thinking 30 million? The only other time the Giants and the Cowboys played on Thanksgiving was in 92. That averaged almost 34 million viewers okay, on CBS. So I, was, I was in the ballpark. Last week's game with Dallas and Minnesota, uh, it was a big, big number. Just trust me on that. 
as it as it should be. Last year, Chicago's win over the Lions averaged twenty six point seven million viewers on Thanksgiving. So yeah, big numbers. So we're kind of intersecting here like a weird time that has World Cup. Pay no attention to her, just talking to herself in the background. I have no idea what that's about. It's okay. You want to come over here and say goodbye to everyone before we get ready to leave? We've had an intern chime in and talk about guacamole before, so. So just just get ready for some, the intersection of a weird, weird time in our sports landscape this weekend where there are going to be so many eyeballs on TV beginning on Thursday through the end of the week that we could potentially be sitting re- setting records left and right. All right. Tell the city of Tulsa bye. Bye. And uh, coming up after this timeout, we'll talk a little college football because something very funny on social media happened last night with a college football coach. That's next year on The Blitz. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.